Welcome to the Evolvepreneur podcast channel. Today, one of our favorite authors from Evolve Global Publishing has joined us to talk about communication harmony. Karen Phillip is a counseling, parenting, and relationship expert on television and radio and print media, and both here and overseas. She's the number one best-selling international author and keynote speaker. Uh, welcome, Karen. I'm really excited to talk to you today about communication. Hello, John. Lovely to be with you. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you become um, a counselling therapist, which is the one the only words I can pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> counselling psychotherapist and clinical hypnotherapist is right. what I what I my title is well it, it all started I guess oh wow about probably 30 years ago close to 25 30 years ago I was in a um a marriage I married at 20 you know to escape the home life that I was experiencing and married a, a chap who ended up with uh, I discovered a narcissistic personality which was very challenging for about 18 years I ended that marriage with three children three young children under the age of uh, 12 13 and I got therapy, did, did counselling for um, a few number of months to recover and re-empower myself, if you like, after coming through that experience. And it was very interesting after that. I started to meet a lot of other women who had experienced similar. And I just advised them what I'd learned through my counselling experience. And the more I spoke to them, the more I wanted to learn how this experience changed my life so much. Because after that, I, I became so empowered. I went on to study and, and I went on to running um, corporate organisations and having hundreds of staff. And so I decided to, to step back from all of that and start to study, which I really did for the next 20 odd years. Um, I have a PhD, a couple of master, master's degrees, a, a degree, a postgrad, you know, it just sort of I was a bit ridiculous, but anyway. Yeah. Um, but I got into counselling and psychotherapy and started speaking with, with people, both men and women and children, on the variety of issues that was affecting their life and have learned over the last 20 years that there seems to be uh, the same recurring problems within families and within relationships and it's all to do with the way we communicate. And I'd written a couple of previous books about parenting and, and getting married and the questions you need to ask. But I thought, you know what, I really need to put down this information. It's fairly easy to understand once you read it. And it's uh, many of those aha moments. And I've had couples that I've taught the secret power words to that have come in and really haven't had a day without argument, let alone a week without argument in their relationship. And they're able to turn that around to be able to communicate with each other, listen to each other, understand the other person and reduce and eliminate the conflict that they have in their life. And we all want that. Mm. We all want to, to get on with, with everyone as much as we can. And I guess from the, from the lessons in the book, be a little bit of a persuader, if you like, in getting what you do want uh, when you want it. So that, that's a little bonus. <laughs> yeah, always a bonus, right? <laughs> so um, give me, like, our listeners kind of are mostly entrepreneurs, mostly business people. So a lot of my questions today is going to be predominantly around that, although at the end of the day it doesn't really matter whether you're at home or whether you're a business, it's the same thing should apply, same rules, the same people. I think that's what some people forget too sometimes is that people in, in a work are the same as they're at home so it's like having well actually strange enough they're not personality wise they can not. change but yeah their base personality can sometimes adjust but usually it remains the same but mm. often we'll find people that are unempowered 
in their home. They may have a partner who is a little dominant or a little little conflictual or nasty. And at work, you know, and they could be quite subservient at home. They could be quite amenable at home. Yet they come to work and they're quite different because that's the only area that they can have any sort of control in their life. Mm. So we, we sometimes find a difference in their personality while they're at work, depending on what their work um, work position is. Mm. So you know, there's a lot of, you know, and what's going on at home affects their work life and what's going on at work affects their home life. Mm. So they really are, are connected in so many ways. And and when I work with workplaces and, uh, and corporations and organisations, I let them, you know, I help them become aware, I should say, of the issues that may be affecting them at home and how they really need to give them a little bit of space and, and understanding uh, to, to cope with or manage or even take a bit of time out of their workday for a few moments to regather their, their thoughts, particularly if their partner has given them a phone call or a text message that may be a little bit uh, unpleasant. Mm. But to, to work with those within the workplace only, it's a matter of management as well as staff learning different communication techniques so when they say something to the other person it's not taken the wrong way they're able to and if they think it is then they're able to clarify very quickly to prevent it from escalating and it's the escalation of um of of the perception that we place on something that causes so many issues within our lives including our workplace Mm. and once we learn to understand that and learn some of the strategies, such as the processing strategies that are taught in the book, then many workplaces can go from, you know, like claims of bullying and, and unfairness and management being awful to really being a very congruent, connected and linked um, workplace. And, and mm. then, of course, we have less sick days, we have more productivity, we have happier staff. And it's just all beneficial for the for the employer and the bottom line, basically. Yeah, for sure. And so, what is, have you got any sort of top tips that you have? And I know you talk quite a few about in the in the book, but do you have a couple of really good sort of top tips that you would say in communication in the workplace that people should get as habits? Well, the the one I, I usually um, suggest that people do before they learn the the processing style, so they understand the language of the other person, is to always attach a reason for anything that anyone ever says. So if someone snaps at you or, or makes a, a, a comment, mm-hmm. then you can either say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not sure I understood what you meant by that or perhaps I may have taken it the wrong way. Do you think you could say it again, please, differently? And then that stops the other person and allows their mind to pause and to reword it perhaps in a, a bit of a, a different or even a kinder way. A do-over. <laughs> yes, a do-over, that's right. But if the person is a little bit uh, objectionable or even conflictual, then it's a matter of stopping and wondering what the, what's going on with that person. I mean, if we know them and we know that they're not a, you know, we don't get up in the morning and think, I'm just going to be mean and rude to everyone today. Mm. We don't do that. Mm. But there's always a reason that we, we respond the way we do. Mm. And usually it's got nothing to do with the person we're talking to or the reason that we're having that discussion. There's another, there's something else behind that. And what we often get upset with is, if you like, the symptom, their, mm. their, their anger or their frustration or their yelling or whatever it is, but we never get to the reason that they're behaving this way. Mm. And if we, particularly if management can just take a moment, pull them aside and say, look, mate, you know, or, or you know, whether you, whatever you call them by their name preferably, 
Um, you know, what, I, I noticed that you're a little bit upset today and, you know, do you want to take a few moments? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to let me know what's going on? Because you're a good worker. And then we use what I call the, or what we refer to as the sandwich technique. Mm-hmm. So that is the piece of bread at the bottom. You know, you're a great worker. You're always really friendly and you're very productive and it's great. And then we add the filling. However, never a but, because that <laughs> deletes what you've just said. So however or and I've just noticed that you're, you're becoming a little bit, you know, uh, aggressive or angry or you're making a number of mistakes and then you finish it off with the top layer, again, the bread. And because that's so unusual for you, because you are so great at what you do and we love having you here, I'm just wondering if you would like to talk to me about what may be going on for you or would you like to speak with someone else in the organisation just to, to help you manage with whatever's going on. Mm. And that way you've raised their attention to it. You've given them praise. You've spoken about the issue and you've given them more praise and empathy. And then the person is far more open to communicate with you. But if Mm. you called them into the office and just had the middle part, what the hell's going on? Mm. You know, you did this, you did that. I don't know what the hell's going on. You need to get out and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Then it's going to be just, it's just going to deteriorate considerably. Mm. So the sandwich technique is really important mm. for everyone to use, but particularly management. And it makes, oh my God, it makes a world of difference. And the employees, they feel validated. Mm. They feel that they've got um, value, really value in, in the position and that the management cares about them. Mm. And when we feel cared for, oh my God, we'll do anything for anybody. That True. Cared for. <laughs> and so you'll find that the worker not only you know, sort of manages their, their issue, but then they step up even more because mm. you've been so wonderful to them. They want to do more for you and they tend, <laughs> nicely enough, to actually defend you and back you up if anyone else in the organisation is critical. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you win-win. And, I mean, the same sort of thing applies for um, for customers too. I mean, I, I used to work in a bank in, in the early days and then I, then I actually ended up working in software and I think, and accounting software and mm. accounting software brings out the worst in people. <laughs> um, payroll and accounting software brings the worst out in people because it's about money, right? It it's is. about money. like and, and so when they used to ring up tech support, they'd always be in a bad mood. And yeah. it's often you realise that they were something else was going on. Like yeah. often they'll rip it into you. And, I mean, I had one guy ring me once um, complaining and whinging and carrying on. I go, okay, well, that's great. So I'm not saying I can fix your problem, but if – if you um, tell me what how I can fix your problem, I'll see what I can do. Hmm. And he didn't know what he was calling about because his wife told him to call up. Oh. They had to go out and ask her. So hang on a minute and had to go and ask her what he was calling about. So she'd riled him up to call up. He had no clue why he was calling. Oh, but he was able to vent. He was able to vent. That's and what so I mean. There's a reason for everything. That's right. Actually, in, in the book, the three secret power words will, ver- will almost instantly eliminate that anger and conflict from the customer or the person on the phone. Mm. It just annihilates it. And, and we go through and we explain how to use the words, the pauses that are so important within the words, the paraphrasing back, the understanding, the curiosity. And it sounds like a lot, but once you read the book once, you can always mm. go back to it. I'm a highlighter. Mm. I read a book and I get my highlighter pen and off I go. Mm. And if I want to go back, I just read those highlighted parts that are very relevant to what it is that I'm needing and you can pick them up and learn them and, you know, re- repetitively and it becomes your new normal and your new habit. Mm. And so workplaces that have used, and I've worked with a number of people in organisations like Harvey Norman 
and they have some interesting customers they describe and they have an amazing amount of pressure on them, which I had no idea, Mm. to sell X amount of product and so many thousands of hundreds of thousands in some cases uh, of dollars per month in their, in their area. And they, they were losing customers. They didn't know how to respond. You know, if a customer came in a little bit irate or a little bit uh, flustered or, or even a bit upset with their partner and like your, your person that I have to buy this because I bloody did something and the fridge broke down or the TV fell off the wall or whatever it is. So they're already in a bit of a, a bit of a state so when you learn the words and the strategies in the book, you can calm them, you validate them, you, you know, empathize with them and using the specific words allows you to connect and it's a connection that you're able to achieve with not only the workplace, um, in your workplace environment, but your customers and they almost feel like you're their friend. You understand them. You get me. Mm. And with that, you can upsell pretty much a lot of things. And it's the upselling that is really good. Yeah. Um, and not so you solve the problem by selling them something. Because most of the time it was, in fact, I made a lot of money in the early days when talking to the accounting software company because basically we had mounds of all these complaints. Mm-hmm. And I got a guy in to help me, but he was a sales guy. So you ring him up and he'd solve their problems. They'd be happy as Larry, but they were paying him money. Yes. A lot of the times it actually did mean that they had to have to spend money. They had to buy something. Right. And I think a lot of times it was the case, well, you need to buy support because they were having trouble with their software, so they really needed to buy a support contract. They need to upgrade their software because their software was old. So all these things were basically issues that they were actually having anyway. Mm. The solution to the problem was to sell them something because then we'd solve their problem. So Oh, exactly right. And I know when I go into a lot of stores, if I want to buy something and they come up and they say, you know, like, oh, well, if you want, you know, want to expand your, your um, uh, you know, the guarantee for three years. And, and I listen to what they say. I've only taken it once because I wanted it, but I took it because of the way that the chap described, explained it and connected with me. Mm. Now, all the others, I just say, straight out, you know, like I listen to them and it's like, oh my goodness, your language sets are so bad. <laughs> your training has been so poor. Mm. And I just say, no, thank you. I'm, I'm buying this article, this item and under consumer law, it has to last X amount of years. So I'm not going to take your thing. And they just go, oh, okay. Mm. And it's like, mm, yeah, no, that's not what you're supposed to say, sweetheart. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can certainly learn strategies to mm. agree with me and to then give me another story and then to take the pressure off me. And it's so difficult to go through the store. If that happens, then you've got to go to Samsung or LG. But this, mm. if you do this, it takes all that away. You just get it immediately and blah, blah, blah. I would have probably thought, oh, well, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Because I'd have that connection because he's doing something for me, yes. not, for, not for them. No, and this is this is what it's all about. The the language sets in the book, the processing style that we learn of our from our customers as well as our partner and our work colleagues, it um it does make you the persuader and puts you in charge in the conversation. Tell me a bit about processing style, because this is one of my pet ones in, in the in the years I've been in sales. Mm. Um, it's probably the single biggest thing you can learn. Oh, goodness, yes. It's all based on NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm. And a lot of people think it's just the way you speak. And it it is, Mm. for sure. And there's a lot of techniques about that. But it's also about that all of us have a processing style. We have full processing styles, but we all have primary processing styles. We either have a visual, an audio, a kinesthetic, which is feeling and emotion, Mm -hmm. or an audio digital, which is very analytical. And our eye patterns are able to tell the person looking at you what sort of processor you are fairly quickly. 
Mm. And in the book, I've got I've got downloads that are available for people to figure out what they are, what mm. their partner or other other person is. And once you start to learn, you can pick it up from the um, from the TV really quickly. Like this morning, I was watching an interview with with Ash Barty, mm-hmm. and um, they were talking about you know Young Australian of the Year. She just got announced, and I'm watching her, and I said to my husband, "She's a kinesthetic processor." I said, so therefore her language sets will be all about uh, caring and mm-hmm. concern and mm-hmm. this sort of thing, very emotional. So if I was to speak to her, I wouldn't speak to her to get her to imagine something or mm. picture something because that's a visual processor. Yes. I would get her to that, would feel this. And, and for instance, if I was trying to upsell something and I noticed she was a kinesthetic processor by her eye patterns, it'd be like, you know, if you take this out, you wouldn't have to worry about this. It'd fit, you would be able to feel really secure and comfortable in knowing that you had the, and that's her processing style. Mm. So therefore she would connect immediately with that. Whereas Mm. if it was a a visual person, you would say, you can see the benefit that this would be. If you look at it that way, you can see the benefit. Ah, then picture it in their mind, bang, you've got them. You've got the connection with them on their language processing level. Mm. So it, it really depends on the person that we're, we're talking to. If we can see them, it's a lot easier. You can still do it by their written word with emails but when you look at them if you start to practice and and use the 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 steps in the book that i go through to to show you and teach you how to do it you can learn it in a day or two honestly Mm. it's so fast Mm. and you can adjust your language to connect directly with that person so they feel the connection with you they trust you and you can guide and lead them to pretty much most things you want them to, uh, you know, ethically, of course. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying, yeah. My control here. <laughs> no, but ethically, if it's in their best interest, of course. Mm. Just like you were saying that if they, you know, if they upgraded to this particular um, software, then it would save many of their problems. So you could guide them to upgrade because most people probably would think, oh, you just trying to upsell me. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we use their language style and we understand their processing, then it's far easier for us to gain that connection and trust. And that is what it's all about in business. Mm. Actually, it's quite interesting. I used to always ask someone, you know, if I can get in a conversation about, you know, what, they, what their last holiday was like. Mm-hmm. Because they can, in that conversation, you can actually figure out who they are. Yes. Because yes. they'll say, oh, look, I've, you know, I felt, um, you know, upset because of this and or I saw this or, you know, or I heard this or whatever and you start hearing the words that they're using. When yes. Exactly. Sometimes when it's an audio scenario, particularly it's on a phone, you can't see them. Yes. Then, then you've got right. some way of, so if you actually ask them some sort of question where they had some experience, mm. often mm. the words will get enough to get a clue as to what they are. That's and right. And it could be that or it could be if it's, it's a business call, you could just ask them to explain, look, what's what's going on in the mm. business right now? What's, what's happening with you? Mm. And they will tell you straight out, oh, my God, the staff. Oh, you know, like I, they, 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 he could say something or she could say, oh, they're just idiots. They're stupid. They make me feel so frustrated. Okay. You've got a kinesthetic. If it may be, oh my God, they have no idea what they're talking about. I tell them this and they say that, well, then they're an audio and, and so on and so forth. So when in the business sector, we can, they can relate their business stories and complaints to us and we can pick up their processing style so fast, like within a minute. Mm. And it's very important because if someone's audio, very audio based, and they, um, and all their staff are visual, particularly, you know, <laughs> yes. you know w- women are pretty much like that all the time. You know, like women are probably more visual than men in a lot of cases. 
you see when they said it. So basically, if you've got a lot of women and they're all visual and you're auditory and you're yelling and screaming at them, nothing's going to happen because they can't see, they can't figure out what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, and yeah. And so, yeah, it is. And, and many of the reports and the, you know, if you want your staff to do something, then you need to word it in such a way where you can you can put in all of those, the, the VAK as we call them, video, um, visual, audio and kinesthetic. So yeah. you can word things so it will, which is what we use in, in our hypnotherapy sessions and our scripts yeah. that we write. We make sure that we, if they're done online, like I do on my virtual hypnotherapy site, we use all of those, but when we're in the room with someone, we actually record on our sheets what type of processes they are, and therefore we, ve we then do the session for them in their language. Mm. So it, has, it resonates clearer and deeper within mm. their subconscious mind. Mm. So there's, there's a lot of ways, and I mean, talking with kids, it's, it's really interesting how you can get a child, and I mean seriously, get them to do most things that you want very easily mm. if you understand the way they process. Mm. Yeah, true. Because yeah. they will listen to you. Mm. If they're, as you mentioned, if they're an audio child and you're a, you're a visual or kinesthetic and you're talking in your language like, can't you see what I'm telling you? Why don't you turn the TV off, blah, blah, blah. They're going to not really hear you too much. Yeah, and they don't have that, at that sort of age, they don't have the processing skills that to, to get around it. So, I mean, as you get older, you know, you can do all of them. But when you're younger like that, you're pretty much the way you are until you learn different. So, yeah. Exactly right. So, it, it really helps with our children. Mm. Um, but in the workplace, as we're referring to at the moment, it's just mm. so so important and, and like I've done maybe I've done everything from three hours to one or two days in workplaces to train them and the difference in staff the difference in connectiveness and also productivity is just quite astonishing in many cases it is so so helpful and sometimes it's so obvious too because when you're from the outside world, you go in and you see it, but people don't pay attention so much about what's going on around themselves. So basically when you go into a workplace like that and you look at what's going on, sometimes it's, it's very obvious that what's happening, but they're not oblivious to it. Everyone's <laughs> oblivious to it because they're all worried about themselves. And, and that's exactly right. And we, we are, we all are. We have to focus on ourselves. And this mm -hmm. day and age we're so... <laughs> We're so busy and we're so encompassed in what we're feeling and thinking and doing and needing and having to have and, and then we think of, you know, the requirements on us and the pressure to perform and it, it is so overwhelming. Mm. But when we can, and, and a lot of this, the language sets and, and the secret words, what we do is it enables people to get out of their own head which is what we so need. We get out of our own head. We're still con concerned with our own well-being, of course, but we get out of our head and we're able to enter into the other person just, just briefly to get that connection. And therefore, we're able to guide, or you could say drive or persuade, the conversation to go in the way that you believe is ethically and, and even um, financially more beneficial for you without the detriment of course to the other person and it's quite amazing the the benefits that you get from that it really is astonishing mm, yeah true and so uh, one thing i want to ask you about which is something i spot in the book which i thought would be interesting for um for the listeners is how do you apologize appropriately and effectively like that's something that happens in, in particularly in a workplace it's that scenario where maybe you've stuffed up with a customer and stuff like that or um and and you've got to you need to basically appropriately apologize i mean some people 
don't handle apology well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so it's almost like I don't, you know, like don't apologising. So I was actually watching a, a comedy new series last night, and this guy was talking about this. They were having a fight, men and a woman was a they were married, and they're having a fight at the at the breakfast bar, and he's talking about, you know, like. Um, she was talking about him apologising and she said her apologising, but you're not actually apologising. And so it was like she was trying to not apologise by getting him to apologise. So it was quite kind of interesting. Yeah, that oh, way. yes. Look, the words the words just like, yeah, okay, sorry about that. It mm. means nothing, particularly if you've said them numerous times before. Mm. But when I've got in the book a, a, a criteria for an apology, um, so it doesn't feel empty, it feels genuine. And we need to accept responsibility for our behaviour. That's the first one. We need to let the let the person know what you ha- what you believe you've done inappropriate or wrong. So you accept responsibility and you vocalise that to the other person, and you never make an excuse and you never blame someone else. You don't say, "Oh, look, I'm really sorry. I I stuffed up the report, but it was Fred that Talking said this or did that." <laughs> you've, you've lost them. They're, that's not a so. You've got to accept responsibility. Never make an excuse and never, ever blame anybody else. Even if you feel it's someone else's behaviour, no, because that is not an apology. You state clearly then what you're going to do next time that's more appropriate if the same situation may come up. Mm-hmm. Right? So that, that's also important. Then you need to ask for forgiveness if the person forgives you. They may not straight away, mm-hmm. and that's okay. And if they don't, or even if they sort of say, well, I guess, then you say, well, these are the strategies I'm going to use next time. So it may be, look, I'm so sorry that I, you know, went off my nana because you asked me to stay late and I yelled and screamed at you. And you know what? That is inappropriate. Yes, I had a family dinner to attend, but that was my issue, not yours. And I, and I apologize that I dragged you in to the issue that I had. So, you know, I apologise for that. And then you state clearly, so next time that happens, I will make sure I let you know in advance that, look, I need to leave the office by 5pm today because I have something on. Because Mm. you didn't know I had something on, only I knew that. Mm. So you asking me to stay back to finish that report was not your fault that I went off my tree and yelled at you. So Mm. the next time what I'll do is I'll do this. So, you know, I take responsibility. Now, hopefully the person, particularly in a workplace, is like, oh, Okay, wow, thank you. That's that's really good to know. And it's because that we've recognized that we've done something wrong or inappropriate to someone else. And it, and it really applies to, to every human being. But in the workplace, it is probably a little more so because we do often have a hierarchy at work. And whether it's the management, you know, chastising, yelling or blaming a subordinate or whether it's an employee doing the same back to their manager. It really doesn't matter. These these steps are so important. So accept responsibility, never make an excuse or blame anybody, clearly state what you're going to do better next time it comes up or how you can avoid it. When we're talking about our personal um, relationships, we follow the same three steps, but then we add would you, is that okay? Do you accept my apology? We need to add that, whether we're talking to a, our child, whether we're talking to our partner or even, you know, a friend, sibling or, or, or anyone or parent even. So we need to, to add that and then let them know what we're going to do different. And it's a great one for parents as well. If they chastise their child for doing something silly or wrong, they say to the child, what did you do? 
okay, what was the reason you did it? What do you think you could do different or better next time? How are you going to do it? And okay, so you don't just yell at a child and tell them they've done something wrong without taking the steps to ensure that they know that you understand what they've done and mm -hmm. you're helping and guiding them on what choices they can make different next time to do it better. Wow, yeah, and that's a great way to do it. And at least in that way, you know, both parties walk away, at least at least heard about it, you know, in that situation. Otherwise, it's almost like the yellow stream and then nothing gets resolved. You know, it's all... Well, we become, we become angry. We become frustrated. We, we really, you know, it's almost like, oh, yeah, sure, they apologise, but, but they, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but going through the full, you know, the, those three or those full steps, it, um, it, it, the other person feels not just validated, but they feel, you know what, I'm confident. I'm confident that the other person's going to do that now. They've listened to me. They understand that it hurt me or, or whatever it was and that it disadvantaged me. So, wow, that, that's great, mm. which uh, is what we need others to feel. Sometimes an apology can be a good starting point in a great relationship. It can what, sorry? I think sometimes an apology like that, you know, in that situation where you apologise properly yeah. can be a great start in a great relationship. Oh, my that goodness, yes. Could have gone oh. the other way and, and that was it. Oh, gosh. It, it, look, it's, it's uh, so valid for every human being. I think we should learn our criteria for an apology when we're, when we're young. Mm. <laughs> you really should. <laughs> but we're not taught these things, unfortunately. Yes, pretty you much. are in communication harmony. Yes, of course you are, and that's actually we get on to that subject now. So I got a copy of the book here, which mm -hmm. I've got to be careful of because of my screen might just stuff it up. <laughs> there we go. Um, and so um, I want you to talk a little bit about book and the three powerful words. But it, obviously, we're not going to tell them what the three powerful words are because obviously you need to, the tools to implement those words. So basically, just by um, knowing them is not going to help you. So that's right. Um, so what was the motivation behind the the three powerful words and 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 what's your book designed to do ultimately? You know, well, the, the book, the whole idea of the book was to do my best to eliminate all the conflict and drama from conversations, to enable all people, whether it be couples, whether it be friends, work colleagues, to learn the strategies to lower and eliminate any of that conflict or, or disagreement and misunderstanding that happens so often in, in most every relationship at one time or another. Yeah. I want people to live a calm, happy life. And, and I get, I do, I, I counsel many, many couples, families and couples there. I, I love the couples. <laughs> um, and when they come in 99% of the time, it's for the same reason that communication, he can't communicate. We don't communicate. And they talk fine. There's no problem with the way they talk. But when they say the whole idea of communication is that I am sharing or expressing something to you that I want or need you to understand. And when we aren't able to do that correctly, then we get frustrated. They get frustrated. They may misunderstand what we mean because we may not have said it right. They, their perspective may be, you know, you're attacking me and then if you're attacking me, I'm going to put up my guard and I'm going to come back at you. And then if, if oh, if they come back at me, then I'm going to go at them. And it just declines into a, a terrible argument. And I truly don't ever believe couples, particularly let alone anybody in the workplace ever needs to have an argument. Discussions, mm. yes. Differences mm. of opinions for sure. Mm. And you can do all of that, but you can do it all kindly and respectfully with a clearer understanding and 
so much more control. And that's the whole point. When we go off on these tangents and these arguments, we're out of control. Logic disappears. We become very emotional. Things are said that cannot be unsaid. And this is where damage starts. And, and some couples I've had in that are trying to, you know, reignite their relationship, clearly they can't because of years of hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so regrettable that you know that some of these couples aren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. But if they come in early enough and or people learn the strategies, they can have, oh my goodness, such an amazing happy life. I mean, I've been with my husband for 20 years, my upgraded husband, may I say. Um, <laughs> and we have never had an argument. We've had discussions. We've had differences of opinions, of course, but mm. we've had them in a way that is respectful, responsive, um, positive, and you know, we give out, we give each other the time that we need. And I explain in the book there is a major difference between the way genders process in their brain. Mm-hmm. Men and women do process differently. While we're very similar in emotions, we are so very different in the way we actually process conversations. Once we understand that, and particularly once women understand that, oh my goodness, it, it, the whole way you talk to each other just changes mm. for the better. It's wonderful. Nice. Cool. <laughs> so um, tell me the best place to get your book. With, um, I think it's communicationharmonybook.com. That's it. That's the one, that communicationharmonybook.com. I mean, you can jump on Amazon anywhere in the world and and get it. But if you go to my website, communicationharmonybook.com or communicationharmony.com.au, whichever Mm -hmm. one you want, um, you can read the information, you can purchase the book, uh, you can contact me if you have any questions. And, you know, there's once you get the book, you can download, as I say, a lot of information the eye pattern movements, the how to the questions to mm-hmm. ask the other person, um, the questions that we ask you for you to answer in in one, two, three, or four. Is that the main one? Is that the second one? So you will also understand your processing style, which really helps, um, and also that of your partner, your children, your work colleagues, whoever. But the other, as we discussed here, it's easy just to have a quick conversation with them about something they know about and watch their eye patterns or listen to their words and you can pick it up. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. And that's, that's an important thing too with what we did with your book um, for, a, for any sort of would-be authors out there is something they never think, think to think to do is put something in the book to actually continue the conversation with that reader. So call to action, we call them a CTA, yes. is to be able to get them to actually take that next step because a lot of people want to know more information but then a lot of people in books don't give them any vehicle to do that. So yes, exactly. We, we put in a, a, an option for them to go and get free downloads so basically can continue that conversation outside the book. And that was something that you suggested, which I thought was absolutely brilliant, John. It really was. Mm. Um, so I, I thank and applaud you for giving me the strategies and putting them in place in my book for mm. people to be able to do that. And I've captured so many email addresses of people that have downloaded the information. Nice. So I'm now able to market to them as well. Yeah, yeah, you're building a list and you're building a list of people who are interested because obviously they read yes. your book, that's any place you could have got those links ultimately. Exactly so. right. 
Yes. So that's good work. Excellent. Well, thank you for um, coming along and, and, and talking about your book and, and communication. I really appreciate it. It's um, something I always like to learn about and, and something <laughs> you can never stop learning, I don't think. So um, and oh, we so a great resource for that. I think it's, it's got a great collection of, of ideas and concepts in there that, um, that anybody can use. So I really appreciate your time and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, John. My absolute pleasure.